Amen. Amen. Well, I've, I've been down to uh, where I'm from, down to Glendale, South Carolina, down below Spartanburg, and been with my family. Uh, my cousin's passing was a was a hard passing, hard young, too young, and so it was really difficult on the family. Uh, but we all gathered around, all the family, to try to encourage and support the big family, and also the church was there. And what a wonderful, what a wonderful ministry uh, that that church had uh, to, to our family. And it just makes me appreciate the kind of church that we have and the ministry that we have and the way we can express our love and concern for each other and show it in many ways. So we're looking forward to these next months, couple of months here, of just sharing uh, from the bottom of my heart, I guess, in many ways, with the church family. I know that last week was a little unexpected kind of uh, moment for you as uh, we shared our plans to retire uh, beginning at the end of December. I don't know why the Lord thought to put five Sundays in December just to draw it out, but He did. <laughs> so... Uh, a little bonus, a bonus for me, I guess. But uh, I'm looking, I really have developed a real peace, not only about our, my decision, Jane and I, but also for the church. I really have. I just am excited for things to come. We probably are about as good a place as we could be to do this. And so um, I'm if, if you still like me a little bit, I'm glad to be able to leave while you're still kind of all right with me. Better than the other way when you're ready to give me the left foot of fellowship rather than the right hand of fellowship. So I hope that's the case. I'm not out yet. I still got, you know, nine weeks. We always joke, preachers always keep a bag under the pulpit just in case we have to exit quickly. Um, but we have really good leadership. We have good deacons. Uh, we're going to get some good leadership. Our, uh, I've, I've asked Rick, who's the chairman of our deacons, and also Mickey, who is the chairman of our personnel committee, if they'll help take the lead in this. And they both have stepped up, and I appreciate it. They're committing themselves as leaders. We'll be meeting soon with uh, uh, Perry Brindley, who's our associational director, and he is an excellent, excellent help. He's going to be a real blessing uh, to our uh, teams as we try to get together to get on to the next next thing. So uh, be praying for all your leadership, our staff, wonderful staff, uh, our ministry leaders, William and Billy, and then our secretaries and the rest of our staff. It's it's a blessing to have a great team together. We're all going to be real positive, okay? We're going to be praying. There's going to be a lot of prayer put into all of this. So if, you, if we put that first, the Lord's going to bless it. The Lord's going to bless it. Well, today I want to talk about how to keep your faith, how to keep on faith's highway. Uh, some of us may have driven long enough and be poor enough thinkers that we have perhaps driven late into the night and got a little sleepy and 
found ourselves slip off the road a little bit. We must have survived it because we're still here. But there's all kind of ways of getting off the road. There's impediments in the road. There's sometimes somebody coming at us we've got to give a little, little room to. Sometimes we miss a turn and we make bad decisions. There's all kind of ways of getting off the highway. Sometimes we're on a trip somewhere and we think we're getting off one place and we get off the wrong place and before you know it, we're all over the place trying to get back to where we need to be. And so, uh, so it is in the Christian life. There are ways we can get off the road and, um, and there's ways we can get back on. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. And so we're going to look at God's Word, and we're going to look in Isaiah chapter 49. Isaiah 49. We'll begin reading with verse 1. It's a reminder to us that God's with us, and He's going to, he's going to guide us. He's going to direct us. The history of Israel, Israel was to be God's people. And the history of Israel was that they were often on the road quite a bit. And sometimes it was a long way home. The most, I guess the most difficult time in the whole history of Israel was when they had kind of gotten off the road from God and God finally had had enough. And He sent nations against them and conquered them. And exiled their people into another place. They were in a strange land. And even in that place, even in that hard time, God had not forgotten them. And He was going to bring them home. He was going to bring them back. There's a road that runs down the, the uh, sort of the, uh, on the, uh, other side of the Jordan River from Israel, and it was often called the King's Highway. And when those people got home, they came down the King's Highway back home to uh, Israel. And so here it is listen, O isles, unto me. All you people, islands are like peoples in different places. They're scattered, you see, to different places, not necessarily islands, but different cities. Listen to me, ye people. For the Lord has called me from the womb and from the bowels of my mother and, has, and hath he made mention of my name. And he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword in the shadow of his hand hath he hid me and made me a polished shaft and his quiver hath he hid me. And he said to me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain, and I have spent my strength for naught and in vain, yet surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work with God. So God has said, I have prepared you as a people. To be like a sharp sword that cuts through the whole world. Cut is a word for conviction. It's a word 
of God's Word going forth, and people's hearts being cut. I've used you like a polished sword, he said. I prepared you. And they said, a lot of that has been in vain. We failed you. We are expecting judgment from you. And we have suffered judgment from you. And then God says in verse 5, And now, says the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him, though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. And he said, It is a light thing that thou should be my servant. To raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I also will give you for a light to the Gentiles that you may be my salvation unto the end of the earth. These are words that could only be given to a people who had been through the process of of really humbleness, humiliation really, in exile thought they had totally lost their purpose. And their purpose, before they went into exile, they did not correctly understand. They thought being the people of God was to benefit them. And what they learned was that God's will was not that they serve themselves, but they they serve Him for a greater purpose. And that purpose was to be a light to the Gentiles. This was unthinkable. Before, But now they've been living out among the Gentiles. And it's going to be some time before they return home. And God is saying to them, you are to be a light to these people you're living in the midst of. These neighbors that you have and the people that you associate with and do market with. These are people now that you have come to be a light. And you will be a light to them. And so he gives them sort of a formula, you might say, for getting back on the road. And so in verse 49, he says, Now, says the Lord, that formed me from the womb to be his servant. Now, he says. In other words, our faith has to be current. It has to be now. It's got to be on the mark. Is your relation to the Lord a current matter? Or have you somehow put it off to something that you're keeping warm from the past or trying to anticipate to the future? He didn't say then at another time. He said now. Some of us are past oriented. He didn't say just now and then. He said, now. And he emphasizes the present. I remember a sermon that Johnny Tiller preached one time. Johnny Tiller pastored here back in the late 40s and into the 50s. Still living. Has preached a long time. He had a sermon called, Yesterday is in the tomb and tomorrow is in the womb. All we have to do with, deal with, is now. Is now. And so emphasizing the present. Paul put it like this. 
in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's current. I am, he says, crucified. This is taking place in my life. Every day I go to the Lord, I confess my sins. Jesus died for my sins. And I am crucified with Him. Now, saith the Lord. There's always something current about being a Christian. Every day, every day. There is a country down in South America... It's not uncommon to see houses there with something like construction rebar sticking out the four corners of the roof. It's as if they're about to add a second floor. And you wonder by looking at them how such a flimsy house could support a second floor. So what's behind it? Taxes, that's what's behind it, taxes. In that country, a house is not taxed until it's finished. And so there, to avoid being taxed, they will leave the rebar sticking out the roof to prove that their house is not finished. Their politicians must not be as good as ours. Ours could... Ours had figured that out. They would get it. We need to remember we're not finished. Where are you right now? We are not finished with our faith. We've not arrived. We've not gone as far as we're going to go. We are still, we still got stuff to do. Some of us need to receive Christ as our Savior. We're putting it off. For whatever reason, we might be afraid. Afraid of what other people will think. That's probably a big one. We may not feel we're worthy. Christ died for all the unworthies. All of us. Pride. There's all kinds of reasons we might put there. We've heard God's call at our heart and we've not, we've not taken the step. You can't get started with the Lord until you get started with the Lord. And He's not going to make us do it. We've got to answer the call of the Holy Spirit. I have to realize God not finished with me. Lord willing. I still got to keep going. It may not be in the role I've had. But there's still something out there. I hope. I haven't got it figured out. 
What about your faith? Is there a nowness to it? Or is it just based on the past? A lot of us are we're just too many has-beens. I used to be. I used to be. Somewhere I've, I've turned it loose. I used to pray. I used to study God's Word. I used to worship in the congregation with zeal in my heart. Here was an experience I had with the Lord. I used to serve God in this way. One thing about going home, back to where I'm from, I see people who were there with me and Jane, Jane's home church. And while we were there, God did something. You know, when God does something, it's not based on the merit of the people. It's based on God's movement of His own Holy Spirit. He did something among us. And there was a little fire set in our hearts. And it exploded. Overpowering. Calls were were given to everybody of some kind. And I, I received my call. And Jane, her sense of call. And it was wonderful. It was a wonderful place to be. But it was never to be an end in itself. It was so wonderful that many of us tried for years to reproduce it. I Even when I came here, I... I remember it so well. And I would like to have bottled it and brought it here. But you can't bottle the Spirit of God. And when the Holy Spirit moves, we've got to listen and we've got to follow Him. It might be in a loud explosion. You know, Elijah was listening for God's Word and the thunder and then the great waterfalls and and the great climaxes of different sounds in nature and And found eventually it was in God's still, small voice. A whisper. However He speaks. He speaks. Me and my brother, my cousin, one of my cousins, Jackie Collins is his name. Not that Jackie Collins over there, who's also a distant cousin. He's a... a, He's a Madison County old cousin. This is Spartanburg people. And we were sitting there together talking about it. And realizing that God gave us a boost back then, a booster shot. And if we live long enough to see it again, we'll praise God. But till then, we go with what God gave us. And we keep going. Keep on serving the Lord. Forgetting those things, Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind. I'm pressing onward toward the goal, the mark for Jesus. Paul only had one Damascus Road experience. His experience with the Lord was was dramatic. But he said, now I'm pressing toward the mark that God has for me, that High calling, the prize of the high calling of God. We sang those hymns and we were singing about heaven and I was thinking about my cousin. And I was thinking about, Lord, he's fell in good hands. 
He's with you today. We're still going to get there. Paul said, I'm pressing toward the mark. I'm keeping on, keeping on. Forgetting those things which are behind. Is your faith back-oriented? Or is it forward-oriented? Is it like too many gonna-bes? I, I have intention to do this someday, to get into God's Word, to begin to pray, to begin to worship. I intend someday to commit my life to Jesus. I intend someday to, to, to become a witness for, the, for Jesus, and we just never get around to it. Good intentions. The Bible says, what? Good intentions pave the way to hell. Have you ever slept, overslept? Have you, got, have you ever had one of those buttons on your alarm that you can just press? It's a snooze button. Snooze button. You set the alarm the night before, but the next morning comes, and you just keep hitting that snooze button for just a few extra winks under the warm cover. Time slips by. You didn't feel so guilty when you was hitting that snooze button. Finally, you wake up with a panic. I've got to get to work. I've got to get to school. I've got to get up and get going. I've got to preach today. Many of us are hitting a snooze button with God. We're just putting Him off, putting Him off, putting Him off until it's too late. One thing to do is to keep current. Keep current to keep you on life's highway. Another thing is to keep to your Christian purpose. Do you have a sense of purpose spiritually? Are you proceeding with a sense of of intent, of purpose? He said in verse, there again in verse 5, the Lord that Formed me from the womb. To be, it says, to be. The Lord that formed me from the, from the womb to be. To be, to be. To be or not to be. That's the question. Shakespeare, don't forget that. To be purposeful or not to be purposeful. That's that's the question. Like Jeremiah, Isaiah had a sense that his whole life had been molded for a purpose. God got some reason for you. I've been over the past year just looking at our congregation And I scan the faces. And sometimes I think about your giftedness. God's got a purpose for you. There's a plan that you're a part of. And you play a part in His plan. There is a a plan. Do you have a sense of, I'm here for a reason. 
Sometimes there's crises that come into our life that are like watershed experiences. They're big to us. They might knock us down. Somehow God even uses these kinds of things to mold us, to shape us. You say, I don't like it. I don't like being molded and shaped. He said, you're you're like the clay in the potter's hands. God's got you. And He's molding you. And it hurts sometimes. It's painful. But God's shaping you for a moment. Sometimes circumstances can shape our lives. And if we don't allow God to be involved in it, we can become complacent or bitter and useless. No No use whatsoever in God's work, in God's house, in God's family. But God can use these circumstances to make our life fruitful. He's got a, he can work in them. Did he cause all these things? I, I don't think God the cause behind all our troubles. But he works in those. He's working in that. For the good, it says, to those who love him. Working for the good. Job, if you don't know about all his troubles, you might want to read it. It's a tough one. He said somewhere, he said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. I know the one that's going to redeem my life is alive and well. Paul said, I'm persuaded that he who's begun a good work in you will perform it, he says. You're here for a higher purpose. You're here for a reason. Do you sense you have a purpose in your life? Francis Assisi, <laughs> I, don't, I don't exactly know how to say that name, but it's just the way it always, I always thought about him. Was he Assisi? I don't know. He's from a place called Assisi. And there's a story where he, he was a, a great minister in his day. There's a story where he took a young fella who was a novice, and he took him on a preaching mission. We're going on a preaching mission, he said. And the young fellow walked with him, and they went through the alleys and the streets and the bypaths, and they chatted and visited with hundreds of people, including the poor and the needy, as well as the wealthy and prosperous. And not one time did Francis ever gather a crowd and preach. At the end of the day, the young fellow said, uh, he said, he said, I'm disappointed. I thought we were going to go into the town and preach. And Francis said, my son, we have preached. We were preaching while we were walking. We were seen by many and our behavior was closely observed. It's of no use to walk anywhere to preach unless we preach everywhere we walk. Does your relation to the Lord have meaning beyond just whatever your worldly goals might be? Keep things current. Keep your life purposeful. Stay in it. Stay in your purpose. And then, keep a servant's heart. Now, saith the Lord, that formed me from the womb to be... His servant. That's what he said. 
His servant. Is your commitment based on serving? Because that's where it's at. We're all to be servants. We've got to submit, yield to His will. That's the first place. Have you got a stomach to submit? Have you got a heart to submit? Are you daily counting the cost of following Jesus? Are you purposely serving God or your own needs? Servanthood was the major key in Jesus' teachings about following Him. Is it? He said, even the Son of Man, me, He said, did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. But sadly, servanthood is a minor key. I don't know anything about music. I know one's major and one's minor. And major sounds bigger to me and better. All these other people are hitting all the majors and minors. I'm just hitting on the majors, I guess. I don't know what I'm doing. Speaking of which, a young man who admired the great music conductor, I guess he was, Leonard Bernstein. You heard of him? Yes? He asked how he could become a famous and rich musician. And Bernstein talked to him about the hours and hours of hard work and practice and study and dedication. And and when he paused just for a moment, the, the young fellow said, Frankly, I'm not interested in hard work. I just want to be rich and famous. A lot of us just want God's blessings. Lord, bless me today. Lord, bless, bless me as I walk on this earth. And we're not dedicated to serving Him. We're not plugging into service. Take your ease is a the theme of modern life. My old friend Ron Kaiser, who also passed away too early. He was always an older guy to me. Two years older than me. Been gone now many years. He didn't get to live to retirement. He talked about it a lot. He didn't get there. I don't see retirement as a time just to take ease. I do want to rest. But I don't see it as a time to take ease. But Ron said this. He said, salvation is when I give all I know about myself. To all I understand about God. Are you giving all you know about yourself to all you understand about God? There's three things to keep us on life's highway. One, are you giving Jesus a current faith? Two, are you living for Jesus a purposeful Christian life? Three, are you yielding to Jesus a dedicated servant's heart? Father, thank you for your word. And as it comes, Lord, out of this old book of the Bible, God, there is truth here that that talks about how to walk with our Lord God, our Creator. It teaches us that we have a Redeemer, and that's Jesus Christ, our Savior. And by Him, we can come into Your family and be part of, God, Your love 
experience it in our life. And we have a hope. We believe from our Bible. We have a hope for heaven. But in the meantime, while we're here and able, God, you have a purpose in our life. You have a work to do in us. And we pray that, God, you will, you will work in our life. We pray that, God, our faith will be current. Somewhere I've let my faith flag. I've fallen off the road. I need to get back. Just repent of whatever it is that's taking you away. And enter through the door that Christ, of Christ, of His grace and mercy. Lord, I want to commit myself anew and afresh to be, Lord, involved in whatever purpose you have in my life. And I, God, it's for each one of us to discover. And then finally, Lord, the real key to even that purpose is to have a humble heart submissive to you. And Lord, a heart that serves. We serve Jesus by serving others. That's the way. And so we pray you'll help make us, Lord, good servants. I don't know what's in the the need of the body today. I've talked too much about myself, I guess. Because I'm preaching to myself. But also, I think the Lord's speaking to hearts today. And maybe today is a day you would like to take a step of commitment in your life to receive Christ or to rededicate yourself or to become a part of this church family. Whatever it is the Lord is moving in your heart to do, or it's just maybe to pray, say, God, you're working on me. It's hurting me. But I want to be formed in the way you want me to be. So we just lift this up in Jesus' name. Your will be done. Amen. Hymn number 279. Oh, Master, let me walk with thee is our song today. Let's stand together as we sing. 279. It's wrong.